of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Live from the studios of News Talk 1480 WHBC, it's Kenny and JT. Well, the Browns didn't take long to fill one of their holes, and that was the defensive coordinator position because they fired Joe Woods, deservedly so. Uh, met with, I believe, four candidates, wanted to meet with five, only met with four, and the first guy they talked to is the guy they ended up signing, Jim Schwartz. He held his press conference yesterday. And joining us right now to uh, take us through all of this and get his thoughts on the signing of Jim Schwartz as the new defensive coordinator, we bring in Browns beat reporter at 92.3 The Fan. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at WriterWrongFan. He is Daryl Ryder. Daryl, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, what was your reaction when, A, it was announced it was Jim Schwartz, Daryl, and then, B, after watching him at that press conference yesterday? Well, uh, I've really only had two names on my wish list, and uh, he was the second name. The first, of course, was uh, Brian Flores. So um, I think it was the the best hire that they could make uh, if they couldn't get uh, Flores, who is uh, actually, I think today he interviewed with the Falcons for their defensive coordinator opening. He's also a candidate uh, for the head coaching job uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, competition heating up around the league with all these uh, head coaching vacancies on top of staff changes that I, I can't remember an off season where it's not just head coaching vacancies, but coordinator openings on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball around the league. So many of those are popping up. So um, I think it was smart on the Browns part to get uh, Jim Schwartz uh, before he had an opportunity to, to you know go somewhere else and then if they waited out Flores and he didn't take the job then guess what you're uh, you know going deep down the list again you got basically the Mike Pettin coaching search uh, going all over again where you're having to go to your seventh eighth maybe ninth choice on your list so I, I think it was a good hire and, and Schwartz obviously won the press conference yesterday um, you know it was a mix of nostalgia. Uh, trip down memory lane uh, with some of the stories he told and also a glimpse of uh, what he plans to do to help transform what was a very disappointing defense the last two years. Daryl, in the exit interview or whatever press conference it was, and Kevin Stefanski came out and said, I fired Joe Woods. Was he involved in the search or the hiring of Jim Schwartz? Oh, yeah, he, he was. Um, but you certainly notice the connection to Andrew Barry because, uh, of course, Schwartz uh, not only was the defensive coordinator of the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl, but uh, the year that Barry uh, spent in Philadelphia. Remember, he left the Browns front office to, to go to uh, the Eagles uh, and, and then came back, obviously, a, a year later as the EVP of uh, football ops and uh, general manager. Uh, position so he got to know uh, Schwartz uh, pretty well uh, while with the Eagles and uh, my understanding is that they formed a, 
a pretty close relationship while there. So, yes, Stefanski was in on it, but you certainly it's it's pretty transparent to see Andrew Barry's fingerprints all over it as well. Daryl, the reason I think JT brings that up, and I wonder about it as well, because he did go out of his way to say, I fired Joe Woods, and they used him to introduce the uh, the new defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, <laughs> who has head, head coaching experience, right? So it was almost like he was forced to do it. Do you think he's worried about having now another guy on the staff that if it doesn't go well for him, they've got another head coaching candidate uh, who's done it before? Well, I don't know if he's worried about it, Kenny, but, you know, that is head coaching experience, or I should say previous head coaching experience was a requirement for me, and that's why my list consisted of Flores and Schwartz and stopped there uh, because those are really the only two guys that had head coaching experience, and my thought process was, well, quite frankly, if they have to fire Kevin Stefanski in the middle of a season, they need uh, you know, they need someone to step in uh, and, and take things over. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is is that, uh, you know, Stefanski's pretty hands-off when it comes to the defense. Um, and obviously, the last two years, that was not a good thing. Um, you know, some of the feedback that I uh, had heard over the final month of the season, um, you know, there was a disconnect between the locker room and Joe Woods. It was an employee-employer type relationship. Yeah, I don't know the guy, but he's the defensive coordinator. We just do what he tells us to do, right? So whether we agree with it, disagree, or whatever, hey, we're just following orders. And, and I'm sorry. Um, well, yes, there's obviously got to be structure, chain of command, all those type of things. But like that, that's not an environment that breeds success. It breeds contempt. And clearly, that's what happened. Uh, with the the Browns. And so the thing that really stands out to me with Jim Schwartz and what I like uh, most about him, the people skills. Yeah, he comes in with a a bit of a fiery personality, but quite frankly, someone needs to take a blowtorch to that locker room (laughs) and and get these guys uh, fired up, right? So um, I I think he fits and he has the people skills. He he, told a story uh, yesterday about how he learned that, yeah, sometimes you got to light a guy up in the middle of practice, but when practice is over, you put your arms or, 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 you know, over their shoulder and you, you know, you shoot the breeze with them and, and, uh, you know, smile as you walk off the field, because when you're in between the white lines, it's about business. It's about the, the job at hand. It's never personal. And uh, again, I just, I feel like uh, people skills, Lack in that building tremendously, and I think that that's some uh, an area in which that Jim Schwartz can uh, provide a lot of assistance. I love the fact that they finally went out and got somebody that's got the experience as a head coach and a defensive coordinator for a change, and not somebody who's learning on the job. We hear it all the time: attention, attention to detail. I'm not going to say there wasn't attention to detail. It's a National Football League. We know they're in there studying and everything else, but I'm not sure Joe Woods could get that team's attention. Do you believe that the experience is one of the key things that they hired this guy for? 100%. 100%. You know, Schwartz is a defensive uh, lifer, right? Um, you go all the way back to when he moved uh, with the franchise to Baltimore. Uh, he got his start as the Ravens linebackers coach. Uh, he, aside from his stint as the Detroit Lions head coach, he has been a defensive coach all the way through. Uh, this is his fourth defensive coordinator job. Everywhere he has gone, 
Tennessee, Buffalo, Philadelphia, immediate result in improvement in defensive play. Um, only got one year in Buffalo because, well, quite frankly, the head coach got fired mm-hmm. after uh, Schwartz's one year with the Bills. So that's not his fault. The Bills' defense got better. They, uh, uh, you know, were better against stopping the run, better defending the pass, takeaways, right? The, Hey, this sound familiar as far as right. the problems with the Browns, right? Mm-hmm. So these are areas in which he has uh, a tremendous amount of success, a very strong resume, and uh, expertise. So uh, my expectations for his impact uh, this fall are pretty high because, mm-hmm. well, he himself has set the bar uh, pretty high with what he uh, was able to, or has, should say, uh-huh. has been able to accomplish in his uh, coaching career. Isn't it amazing? We're looking at a head coach that was a coach of the year just a few short years ago, and the team, when everything was looking, it was moving in the right direction. And maybe you look at Kevin Stefanski in a different light right now and say, okay, maybe he wasn't such a good head coach last year due to the fact that he had to worry about his defense so much. Do you think that came into play at all? Um, again, my understanding is Kevin Stefanski doesn't deal much with the defense. He is pretty much hands off. Now I will say that the hire of Jim Schwartz allows Stefanski to continue doing what he's done. And you now have better confidence. You have more confidence in it as well. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to micromanage the defense. Now he didn't micromanage the defense when he needed to. Um, with Joe Woods, well, now he's not going to need to micromanage it because Schwartz is going to be able to take care of all of that. Daryl Ryder, our guest, outstanding Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan, the Browns Radio Network. Follow him on Instagram and on Twitter, at RyderWrongFan. That's R-U-I-T-E-R, WrongFan. And, and Daryl, how does Mike Prefer keep his job? The uh, JT pointed this out to me. The Buccaneers, even though it was under 500, they won their division. They made the playoffs, and uh, the head coach is the only guy that's left. They got rid of everybody else, right? Uh, you, you saw the, the Dolphins. They made the playoffs. They fired somebody. And yet, Mike Prefer is like Morris DeCat. He's got nine lives, and he's still the <laughs> special teams coach right now. Do you expect him to maintain that role with this team, or are they still considering firing him? I, I think that uh, they will not be making a change. Um, and in Prefer's defense, yeah. the second half of the season, the return game improved vastly. Um, they lost Jakeem Grant in training camp. He was supposed to be the, the silver bullet, um, and they lost him, and it took him half the season to figure out maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones should return some, <laughs> um, you know, they had three AFC special teams players of the week or whatever it is, um, which that always looks good on a resume. He's very good in front of uh, cameras and microphones. He's an excellent <laughs> talker, very charismatic, uh, talks a good game. So I, I, I think that all those things kind of factor into – they addressed what they needed to address the most, and that was – uh, the defensive side of the ball where they're just, you know, tremendous, tremendous breakdowns on, on a weekly basis. And quite frankly, players just not even responding positively to, to Joe Woods. Um, I was in the fire Mike Prefer camp for most of the season. <laughs> um, there were weeks where I was questioning why the guy had a job. 
but um, I think that there was enough marked improvement shown to where you could say, hey, uh, didn't didn't have the guy that we signed, the Pro Bowl returner, who got hurt in camp, and once we figured out who should be returning kicks and punts, uh, you know, Jerome Ford came like right off the injury reserve, and boom, he was a you know shot of espresso into the kickoff return game. So um, there is an argument mm-hmm. to be made that the special teams got. Uh, better as the season uh, went along. I agree with that. You can't blame everything on the kicker. The only other thing that we saw that was really bad was their kick coverage team on the onside kick, especially against the Jets, and we know how that ended up yep. cost us the game. Daryl, do you think that this guy, and I'm, I'm speaking for the fans now because everybody says you got to toughen this team up. Can this guy come into camp, basically get these guys to come to OTAs, get them to come to camp, maybe play a little bit more in the preseason, or would, does that go against – Kevin Stefanski's method of putting the team together. Well, they're going to play more in the preseason because I am anticipating that the Cleveland Browns, uh, if Joe Thomas is uh, selected as a first ballot Hall of Famer, I am anticipating that Cle- the Cleveland Browns will be a participant in the Hall of Fame Perfect. game in Canton. This I agree 100% with first, you, Daryl. You can do our show with us. Time. You come down and do the yeah. show with us the whole week then. <laughs> the uh, The... <laughs> Uh, I'd be happy to uh, stop by. Perfect. Uh, they um, uh, they have not played in the game since 1999 when the team returned. So this is setting up perfectly for that to happen. Um, uh, unfortunately, I can't say any more than that. Yeah. But my uh, it, I am expecting that that will uh, happen. I don't know who they'd play, but uh, you know. Uh, if Joe Thomas does get selected, the Browns will play in the Hall of Fame game. So that means they will have to play uh, an additional preseason game, which means more time, more work. But, look, I, I think one of the first things that Jim Schwartz is going to do is have a sit-down conversation heart-to-heart with Miles Garrett. Uh, he is the best player on the defense. Um, I don't know that Miles is the vocal leader on defense that the Browns uh, need. Um, I don't think that it's part of his personality, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's similar to Nick Chubb and the, Hey, just want to play some football, go out and sack some quarterbacks and, 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 and uh, you know, things like that. Um, but I think there will be a conversation had between Schwartz and Garrett about expectations, not only production on the field. And it's hard to argue with Garrett's production on the field. It's been, it's been historic, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I think Schwartz is going to say, you're, you're a great player, but I can make you even better. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the comment that he made about having answers for Garrett and the defense, knowing that Miles is the player that opposing offenses want to basically neutralize and just you know take out of the conversation in the middle of a game. And it's his job as the defensive coordinator to have those answers to still – uh, position miles to make plays and team and things like that. I, I thought that that was mm-hmm. rather illuminating when he spoke about that. But um, I don't think there's any, I don't, at least I'm speaking for me, mm-hmm. there, there's no doubt in my mind that Schwartz is going to make this a smarter, tougher, and more accountable defensive unit than the one we've watched the last couple of years. 
Daryl, you're the best, man. We always appreciate the time you make for us on short notice. Keep up the fantastic work. Thanks so much. Uh, enjoy some time off. Hopefully now that things have settled down with the Browns, and we'll talk to you further on down the road, all right? You bet, guys. Daryl Ryder checking in on the hotline, breaking down the Browns' hire of Jim Schwartz. 